<laughs> the defectives. Be my mommy. Be my mommy. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. That is brilliant. That is our first shirt. That is, is. brilliant. Just uh, bought the domain name. <laughs> www.thedefectives.com. Only thing up there is going to be an option to buy a shirt. Yeah. It's awesome. The I still defectives. think we got to use this print on something. Be my mommy. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That is like, yeah. if you know, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you don't, you won't be able to ask. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 we were yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. using that for this, but it just didn't, no, didn't work. That's but, not effective. But it's that would be sick. This is there's something to this thing. It uh, gets me every time. The black and white part. Well, that, but also just there's like a vibe to the feel. Like they're just like, fuck. We gotta figure this out. Like that's yeah. what I picture. Like they're yeah. sitting around trying to figure what something out. What are we out. gonna do? Yeah, yeah. So is this better now? Can you hear? Yeah, it? there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's like down. Yeah, that's so you can look there. If you yeah. speak is it like from... right at the base of it. Did you? What did you do? You found a little search engine that you entered some words. I downloaded a AI. It's AI. It was AI computer, uh, like art generator. And yeah, I just, started I just putting got in into like the AI thing with the chat GPT. Yeah, dude, that shit's crazy. Yeah, I'm fucking all over that, bro. I should write all your papers <coughs> for you. Fuck, yeah. I heard this thing that this professor asked it to write a paper and then like started grading it. And I was like, fuck, what am I doing? And they had it grade its own paper and it like made corrections because it had learned something new in like six seconds. It just saved a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Scary. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. I think that Google is fucked. So if you have Google stock, sell it. <laughs> like I, you can write, it just writes code. Like I could just start that website. And just be like, knowing nothing. That's yeah. the game changer. It's like, I could just go like, can you write the code so that I can have a website where people can buy shirts? Yeah. Right? All right. And like, look Get at, on it. I don't even, you don't even need the lingo for it. Yeah. And it's just like, put it in, try it. How do I do this? Yeah. We need to figure out the mobile communication interviews shit. Yeah. Well, we just got to test it. Did you find something that you think is usable? Yeah. Well, any of those are feasible. Are they? Yeah. I mean, outside I of think, Skype. I think what we have already, Anchor, like what I upload it? to, I think well, it, it supports it. So I think we can do it on Anchor. Okay. And you just need to be at home on a laptop or a, or a device. Okay. Even your phone, probably. Yeah. With the, head, with like the headphones okay. or AirPods or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that, And then they'll be able to hear. They'll be able to hear everything, and yeah. then I can record it. We're just going to have to sit on the same side. I got you. And shoulder then, to shoulder. Yeah. Same <laughs> side. In. Is it this room? It just always happens up here. I know. It happens in many things. Right. Don't. I mean, it's only been there for a while. Nothing like taking action on your fucking up. <laughs> Don't look at mine. Uh, Suffer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. I Just for see. that. I'll show you. You don't Thank even you. know the word of suffer. Nice. <laughs> 
feel my pain. Feel it. I'm going to share it with you constantly. Every time my nose starts to drain down the back of my throat. He just likes oh, his postnatal uh, drip. And, uh, yeah. He's like. Oh, my God. Mm. All right. Now that everybody's left. <laughs> <laughs> it's cocaine. The drip. It's probably part of the problem. I'll Any... just go right into it. I'll just leave all that up. <laughs> just go right into it. everybody welcome back to the defectives uh i'm not sure what episode this is 18 18 okay but i do know that it's the second half of our uh sit down with uh rogan yeah who uh was able to come and join us before he headed out of town this week welcome so. back thanks for coming back everybody uh just got done with the dinner had my mind melted for 20 minutes on a very simple topic and uh, I think that's what we're gonna keep it moving with. Um, how you want to frame that? <laughs> well, let's just say Rogan's happy because we fed him. Yeah. Well, actually, the restaurant fed him. He might even have covered the bill too. I don't Capones, know. baby. <laughs> it's good. It lived up to its reputation. Yeah. So last time we were when we had him on, as we were starting to. Uh, finish up on the, the first segment we uh we were starting to drift towards the idea of uh spiritual practices um and what that's look like you know um ryan and i have some shorter uh journeys on that and obviously you being around for 30 plus years um well 32 to be exact um we were uh i think it's intriguing to hear what sort of spiritual practices and and where they came from for you and like what led you towards those was it you know how many people have you had come up and say hey listen have you ever tried doing this or doing that or you know what's it look like for you um so i'm curious what it looked like in the beginning like when you first came out like you first came in and were you religious growing up spiritual in any way like mm. as a child as a teenager yeah good question so the, the idea of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde ran well deep with me, and it didn't just take on the persona of, you know, alcohol and drug addiction. It was also uh, that spiritual malady where um, I very much had feelings towards uh, the Catholic Church. I was raised Catholic, Rogan Michael O'Donnell, hard to uh stray from that yeah. um my dad's the oldest of 12 and they did not they were canadian catholics so it was born and bred 
my father did um, Catholic school, so mm. therefore I did Catholic school from third grade to fifth grade, and then we moved, and then I did Catholic school again from eighth grade to eleventh grade, um, and I participated and actually had really cool relationships with a few priests. Um, Father Coughlin, when I was in Maine, he was just a very jovial and uh, fun and loving priest who knew just how to talk to kids. I mean, he just made it fun. Um, And the cool part, too, I guess, maybe it was because it was, you know, 70s into the 80s. My experience is there was none of that ugly stuff. Yeah. It was just straight up fun and cool and talking about, you know, Bible stuff and talking about Jesus and talking about how the Holy Spirit would move. And that was Father Coughlin's big thing was the the Holy Ghost uh, and how it was all around. So it made it into kind of like a Santa Claus idea, right? And then when we moved, I got involved at St. Helens. And St. Helens became uh, somewhat of an anchor. I got really involved and became a St. Helens player where we would go around and role play um, scenarios of any scenario, not necessarily a religious scenario. Like uh, Darren's my older brother and he's got problems with drinking and I catch him drinking and that's our scene. And then we go up there in front of a group of people and role play it off with keeping no swearing and and having like a real deal thing happen like in the community or in yeah, the school in the community oh wow okay yeah through the church yeah yeah and, and the church in westfield new jersey back then it was it was cool it was fun and yeah. there was lots of kids and we went on retreats and mm. um it, it wasn't like a holy roller kind of a thing. It was more of a Holy Spirit and a and and trying to grab conscious contact. So that when um eleventh grade addiction, alcoholism took its course and basically I did, you know, some funny teenage stuff and found myself being asked to not participate at a Union Catholic anymore, for lack of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> and um and so in twelfth grade I went to uh, Westfield High School and that's when I stopped the church stuff and the spirituality stuff didn't grow until um, recovery started to happen and um, I would say from about 15, 16 to like in my early 20s it was that I really liked it and got cool feelings and yeah. then I wanted it, nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, coming into recovery, I had a lot of questions. And uh, I did not go back to the religious side of things. I went to the spiritual side of things. And I thought I found, for me, uh, a lot of spirituality early on was captured in nature. I okay. really yeah, yeah. could identify with, you know, big mountains and the changing seasons and moon cycles and tides coming in and out 
and the, the amazing parts of just how nature worked with nobody, do, no human doing anything to it, and it just started to happen. And so um, early on, I would have folks that I could talk to, uh, and I would just simply say, like, what does your spirituality look like? Yeah. And they would tell me similar things. Um, and then expand, you know, they would tell me about how they can see God working through people. And I was like, example, and we would get simple examples. My, uh, substance use disorder was removed. I went from running hard to this long, unbelievable stop. And I didn't really have much to do with it except to say, if you don't help me, <laughs> life is really going to take a bad turn. <laughs> so I would say spirituality really blossomed for me when I started getting rigorously honest about me. Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> rigorously honest. Sift, sift through that for yeah. the <laughs> next 30 minutes. Um, you know, I was similar with, uh, like nature. I think my first spiritual experience was watching my octopus teacher on Netflix. Um, like I was sobbing over it, just how powerful one tiny little creature could be, you know, and how magical, like everything seemed, you know, like the kelp forest under there and. Um, how much more was out there and what really hit me was like how, how much I was missing like how much I was missing on life because I was just trapped in this own, my own little world of me um, and like how sad that was and how I, I really wanted to experience this world but I just couldn't seem to get out of my own way right? I think that was the first time I ever kind of looked at myself in an honest way, like this is not going the way I want it to go at all. You know? And I just wanted to be like that octopus. It's like free floating around. I won't eat octopus now. You're way too smart. Way too smart. Way too smart. Yeah. Way too delicious. (laughs) No. We don't. We don't tangle. No. We actually don't go to some restaurants because they serve octopus. Dude. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll give it to they're you. They're pretty I'll badass. Did you see? You, I, I've seen. I've seen. Yeah, they're fucking brilliant. No, have you seen to, this fucking documentary? Uh, I've seen. I don't know if I've seen that one. You never want to eat octopus again. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll move. Yeah. I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll I mean, think that about that. Fucked me up. Yeah. That shit I don't eat it often, but, but I've like, sh- had it. But it shook me. I mean, like, but it was more than that. It was so much more than that. Yeah. It was like um, the spiritual side of things. Like that, I, I really think that was like my first pull, like the first time I felt. I've always been pulled to to water, too. You know, like the ocean. Um, that one was something different, dude. I was like, "What the hell?" Anyway, that's my tangent on octopi, <laughs> octopuses. <laughs> That was that was a good use of the word. I like that yeah. octopi. Um, yeah, I mean that's see that's that's it's so funny how we can all start to come towards a similar center after a little while. Because I mean, I show up here and I could if I could draw, I'd be able to draw you exactly what God looked like. 
Oh, you would, would you? Oh, if I could draw? Yeah. When I first got here? Oh, absolutely. Oh, when you oh, first yeah, got oh, here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or before I was here. Oh, before you were here. Yeah, yeah. It, what, what, I could literally, I can picture it in my head to this day what I thought God looked like. And it was the old white dude on the clouds. I've said it many times with the beard and the staff and the white clothes and a very angry scowl. And um, not that he had a book, but he certainly had a check. List. Somewhere between Lord of the Rings and Oh, Harry yeah. Potter. No, it was definitely created by probably a movie sure. on top of um, my experience. I was in Catholic school from fourth grade through 12th, you know, um, played the altar boy role for a minute. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I mean, my, and, and people have heard this, but, um, you know, my damage happened when I leave church and, and, and a lot of people aren't acting like they talk when they're right. in church. Right, right. You know, we're going to drag you out of the house on Sunday to go to church and then we're going to act the way we act on uh, Monday through Saturday uh, or perhaps even Sunday night. Little um, house of the prayer. <laughs> but yeah, so this idea of, uh, you know, what this God looked like, you know, um, mine was very clear. And the idea of what I thought he was, like the personality that I had given him was very clear as well. Um, and that's probably been one of the, the biggest breakdowns of old ideas has probably bet has been the slow chipping away at that. There's been some big ones where at one point I remember it about two years. Um, I felt the pull and the pull was, it led me towards two way prayer. Right. Um, and for anybody out there, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool process. It's a, it's an enjoyable thing to be a part of. It really brings a inner God out, uh, through pen and um, it's kind of a prayer meditation um, process um, that really helped me shift from that God that was very judgmental and uh, angry and um, did bad things to me um, to I started moving towards love because that, that God was burdensome. Mm. Right? It had become heavy. Um, I would, <laughs> um, I had a checklist for the end of the week. Like if I, I wouldn't go play golf if I didn't have my checklist done because I figured God would strike me in some form or fashion, perhaps as simple as just a bad golf game um, or something, right? I mean, I literally, like <laughs> this thing was deep. And, um, you know, and today it pops up. They can, that transactional, good, get good, bad, get bad, um, can still pop up. Nowhere near as often, but that first pull and shift at about two years was, was necessary. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. The burden had become extremely heavy on what I needed to do to make it through a day um, and not fuck shit up, you know? Um, so that was, yeah. Hmm. Interesting for the beginning, you know? Like I listen to you, Ryan, talk about you know the mountains and the ocean. I listen to y'all and Santa Claus. Like, yeah, well, it still sounds gentle. I and threw, I'm like, oh my god, I threw him out, man. I threw that guy out at like twelve. I wanted nothing to do. I hated him. Like I hated him. He didn't do anything for me except hurt me. Yeah. Right? So I was like, I don't, I don't fuck with this guy. Yeah, but isn't it funny how our conceptions change over time? Oh yeah. You know, we go from, you know, God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> this dramatic, the Oscar goes to, mm -hmm. depending upon what scene we're having, 
you know, mom and dad stuff or school stuff or relationship stuff or friend stuff, whatever it is, right? And how it's like persecuted to like, I could I could have made that last shot and won the game and now everybody thinks I'm a PTL born to lose and it's like damn <laughs> and then we go to a perception change and we're strung out balls of our feet beating the living hell out of ourselves physically mentally and spiritually and then who who are we asking for help yeah right <laughs> like straight up like you <laughs> prick. <laughs> Now we're like, please, <laughs> Lord Savior, <laughs> my buddy, send me the lifesaver, like, rip me from the the storm, Lord. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, all self-induced, all self-composed, all self-consuming, yeah. and here we are saying to the thing that we think is nowhere, yeah. yet everything at that moment, for sure, help. Yeah. Right, and how it all changes. You and know? I had a big ass bang, and like that big bang when I got to that point where I was out of options, um, and I only had one place left to turn, and like I intuitively knew where to go. It wasn't a conscious thought; it was in my soul. It was like in my solar plexus, and when it answered. Like, so much dropped out of that. Like, in this moment, you're going to answer me? Like, I'm fucked. I, this is my worst moment. I can't, it doesn't get any worse. I've never been out of, it doesn't. Like, I'm dead. Everything's black. Everything's dark. Mm -hmm. I'm done. And you answer there. Breathe it in. Yeah. Um, And you answer there. Like, that just showed me all love. Like that. And I knew it was all love. And then, like, I had, like, three base things. And it was, like, all love, all power, and all truth. I felt that. Truth. Truth. And how we stumble with that. Every day. Right. And yet, we stumble with the idea of what our spirituality looks like and what our spiritual practice is. And for those of you that participate in an anonymous program it tells us that we lack spiritual discipline and it says that we suffer from a threefold disease and we're so good to talk about how physically i was beat up how mentally i was just you know fishbowling my life circling round and round and round but how much do we talk about that spiritual malady and yet that spiritual malady is literally the litmus test to what, at least for me, my 32-year journeys look like. And it's changed. It's changed its, its everything. Its features, its dimensions, its size. And it started off where, you know, it could have been as simple as people and nature. And then it was everything. But then everything was too complicated to understand. So it had to be, you know, this little everything, whatever I made that little everything up. And then, of course, there was the heckling and the dealing with God and and the negotiations. And if you let me have this or do that, I'll do this and that. And if I could have this, I could, as if God is human. 
you know, and then my, my, my perception changed with talking to more people and learning and listening and seeking, as it says in that anonymous program, seek, you know, and seeking is an action word. It's not sit on your ass word. And so I started to say, how do I seek? What, what? And some of that seeking is, you know, when taking that hike, realizing, and for me, I got really into rock climbing and ice climbing and mountaineering so that I put my life in an adrenaline, you know, holy shit kind of a mess. And, oh, I found God all the time. I was like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) dope rush, you know? And, and I, and, and I needed it that way for a long time, you know, and then money and then there's power of money and I needed that dope rush for a while. And then it was like, look at what God's doing with me. He's building me to be able to be of use to others. And so I would be of service to others and all my affairs. And there would be, you know, another kind of a rush of, of something. And then I would try meditation, uh, sweat lodges, uh, my own sit on the rocks and watch a sunset or a sunrise or, you know, go into chantings and prayers and prayer beads and prayer flags and smudges. And I mean, I took it way over the top to wherever I could find crystal power, healing gongs. I still gong, um, (laughs) crystal bowls. I still do crystal bowls and healing bowls and, saunas and steam rooms and cold plunges i still do those things and it, and it's like uh, going on retreats going into conventions going to hear other spiritual people talk about spiritual life reading different kinds of spiritual books um and 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 believe it or not in truth you know getting somewhat back into a comfortable position within my own religion and and it all coming together without me really doing anything where I can feel something different than I did a few days ago Mm. or a few moments ago. And then I feel that I'm more connected and I feel that I'm more alive and I feel that I'm more awake because of one simple thing. Action. Mm. (laughs) That was our dinner conversation. Oh my God. One simple word. I was just <laughs> drooling on my, <laughs> out of my ears. But let's talk about it. Right? What? Because it's great to go back and ask me like, hey, 32 years ago, I didn't know shit. Man. Right. You know, I did what you told me to do as best I could right. in whatever way it was. You told me to write. Sure, I'll write. I mean, my first four step was not that it was a joke. I really tried hard. I got great guidance, but it was nothing compared to what I'm writing today and the things that I'm writing today doesn't necessarily mean that they're profound and great. But to me, it's like, I don't take enough action in my spiritual recovery. And yet I wake up and I pray, I meditate. I carry my message and and share the big book and my, my personal experience with lots of guys. I'm of service all over the place as best as I can. And I have conversations about God every day, (laughs) all the time, random strangers or with folks like you. And I'm here to tell you that for me, 
what I've come to when they tell us to conceive of our own idea of what God is, right? So that we can launch and move on. That today, it's as simple as, I believe God is everything, and therefore, I don't think about breathing. Uh, my body just breathes. I'm not consciously aware of, breathe in, Rogan. <laughs> Exhale, Rogan. Breathe in, Rogan. Uh, doing that however many times I breathe a day. 24 7, 365 days a year times 52 years. I don't say anything about that. But if God is everything, and here right in front of us, we have all of this unseen air, oxygen, life force. And so when people talk about breath, it didn't click to me. I thought I needed to be some Zen Buddha to get breath. And I would try it really hard. You know, 15 minutes. Next day, 30 minutes. <laughs> 45. One hour. Yeah. You know, move it up to like, I could do two hours. Then I'll really have this thing. I'm speaking in the wrong spot. <laughs> and the next thing you know, what would end up happening is I would, I would, I would, force myself and then I would get critical of myself because I wasn't able to stay in the present and be able to be consciously aware. And no, 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 wait a second. Now I'm all of a sudden judging my own damn self on how spiritually I'm getting. What? And I've read a lot of books and I'm not going to drop name books because there's a bazillion out there, but I've read a lot of books and I've talked to lots of cool people who have so much smarter than I am with this subject matter. And the thing that all of a sudden dawned on me was they're not talking necessarily breath. They're talking about what is that breath? I'm breathing what's freely given to me, what's been put together without me doing one thing. I don't make oxygen. I produce carbon. I exhale carbon dioxide and the plants convert it and oxygen comes from it but think about it for a second we're in january and the leaves are gone and yet we still have air because somewhere on the other side of the planet it's nice and green and air is being produced and some fish is exhaling and those bubbles come up to the water and air comes out of them and like all of a sudden this complicated spectrum is going on and oxygen is being made i don't know about everybody else but i'm going to just speak for me i am breathing in and out without thinking about it <laughs> without looking at it but yet feeling it and when people say to me how do you feel god breathe because i didn't do one thing to create breath I came out, I was breathing. Until I stopped breathing, I'm breathing. And I'm breathing air. For fun and for free. And I have nothing to do with it. And so when God is said to me, God is in you. Where? What? Where? Where is God? 
I was God in him. You're an image of God. I'm an image of God. Look at all these different people, and they're all images of God. What the heck does God really look like then? You got to take like all these different colors of hair and skin and eyes and faces and noses and lips and eyebrows and put it all together. I mean, my goodness, it's a monster. Right? <laughs> my mind. Yeah. And it gets complicated, and I go like fishbowling and tripping. But then all of a sudden, it came to where I'm free to be breathing in something that is a life force. I didn't do anything. Those trees were here way before me. Way before me. And I get to breathe it in. And when I breathe it in, I know that God is coming in me. And when I exhale, God is going out. And yet I breathe right back in again. So God is always with me. And that changed the perception of how little my mind was around God and how big it needed to get. Because there are people, whether I like it or not, Russia or Africa or Maine or Canada or whatever other country there is, and there's human breathing. But then we got to think about whales, you know, other mammals, right? And that's, and then all of a sudden here goes the trip again. I'm <laughs> way out there, right? And it's like, holy Christmas. That's how I see God today, yeah. is that it's so far out there that I can't put human pleasures and ideas on what God is. Time of human isn't time of God, right? I think I've shared this with you guys. Yeah. If you looked at your time and just, hey, God, tomorrow at 12 o'clock, let's get a decision. Thank you. And now my clock says it's tomorrow at 12 o'clock, and I'm sitting there waiting for God. Well, I used to think, like, well, that'd be a great idea. Okay, cool. But then what if one second was a sunrise and a sunset for God? One second. I'm not going to sit here and do the quick math, but let's just talk like <laughs> one second is 24 hours. There's 60 seconds in a minute. There's 60 minutes in an hour. We are talking months and years, not 12 o'clock tomorrow. But that's how whacked my conception is. I would make God my buddy as if God was human. And that's what it would look like to answer your question, Ryan, is that I conceived of a notion of, you know, I still had control over what God thought about and wanted and how we were going to work together. You're all powerful, but like, I'll take care of this part, God. Mm. Right? And meanwhile, it's like, wait a second. How am I human telling a God what to do or how to do it? When, when I couldn't stop for the life of me drinking and drugging, Three and a half week blackout, brownout, whatever you want to call it. I couldn't stop it. To all of a sudden, and two dudes knock on the door and take me to an AA meeting the next day. Wait a second. Wait a second, man. Like, chill out. I didn't have anything to do with that. Mm. That's where I saw it first. Not first, actually. No. I felt it first. And then I went looking for it, seeking it. And like where, you know, I started the conception of God. 
and uh and it was just taking different shapes and forms um it was like uh tree branches you know like coursing through everything and then it was like uh, water flowing through everything and then it was like this energy going through everything and i was like this is all too small and it's like this orb that's outside of earth and it just I was like, this is all too small. And then I realized I was looking at the wrong thing. I was trying to picture this thing that I'm never going to be able to picture. My brain cannot do it. Um, so I started looking for where. Like, where has God been in my life? And, like, in the beginning, it was very simple. It was like, you know, I, I did not choose to meet Darren, right? Like, I did not choose to go down to Ventnor. It was suggested of me, and I had nowhere else to go, right? And I was supposed to be down there, and I ran into Darren, and then the more I did this, the more I started meeting new people. And, um, like, I, you know, I wound up meeting Maria. Um, and Maria was helping me, but really she wound up helping my mom. I mean, Maria helped me immensely, yeah. and does every day, but she also wound up helping my mom. And all these people that just started coming into my life. And I kind of like took a step back and started watching these things happen. Me just like walking through this life. I called you the other week. Last week, man. I was like, do we have free will? Because it doesn't fucking feel like it anymore. I kind of feel like I'm just being guided here. Like on this path. Right. So. When I looked back and saw like who, you know, who was in my life now. Or where I was in life. Um, that took away every, like, that took away so much fear of where I was going, right? Like, I could look back and see everything come coming together in my past. Like, all of these things happening to lead me to right here. And if that's true, then right here is exactly where I'm supposed to be to get to the next spot and when I found that true and then took that out and extrapolated that out to everybody right he meets you in what March mm. May May right May. and then <clears throat> I talked to you for the first time in August September October November. when you were speaking yeah speaking up in Beach Haven we went to dinner with the kid who was you. We went to dinner with you. Right, 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 right. That was sick. Yeah. I think that was November. There was a, well, the the kid, 19, almost the same name. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So where we've been since, mm-hmm. right? Like, I can't draw this shit up at all. True. And taking that out to everybody and, and, blowing that up is how god like blew up for me like that i was like dude this is the talk about power what kind of power is that that's crazy that's crazy i can't wrap my mind around that but i can see it and then man you let that power work in your life over like the small shit that you're concerned about the tiny shit this ain't nothing that i'm worried about it's stupid Really, the problem is minuscule compared to what's going on, like the overall plan. 
And then shit started changing big time. Bad started becoming good. There was no more bad. It was just perception of bad. And man, it was like off to the races going on this journey to find out, like find out more about this thing, seeking it, seeking it, seeking it. And it's that action of seeking. As long as I keep seeking God, I'm going to find the truth. Like God doesn't make too hard of terms with those who seek him. Right. And he really fucking doesn't. All I got to do is keep seeking and keep walking. And then all those pieces in that timeline, I want it right now, but it might be a month or from March to whenever I need it. Right. It's all coming together. It's all coming together for me right where I need it. And I'm always right where I need to be always. And when I can stay there, I'm good. My needs are met. I have everything I need. There is no fear or there is, but very little. And I'm chilling and I'm just gliding through this life like butter. Oh man. And all I got to do is keep looking for it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think action uh, I think the reason why action is so important is because especially in the spiritual realm because if you leave it to my mind long enough it's going to humanize it and it's going to start drawing pictures for me and start creating parts of of a God that um, I'm going to need to try to satisfy and I, I had come across this idea of uh, you know, I'm doing these things, so I should be getting these things. It's not so much God do these things for me and I'll do these things for you. It was I have done these things. I've helped all these children. Why can't I just have this? Why can't I just have this ski trip? Why can't I just have uh, this job, a better job? Why can't this just automatically be something, right? Instead of having to do all this work for it, I've already done the work for it. Can I get, can I get a little pay on the back end? Um, and I think that's what happens when you're not consistently moving is, is your mind takes and uh, takes it in, and starts playing with it on a human form because that's the best I can do. I can't possibly imagine at a level of spirituality of God. Um, so I'm going to have to try to humanize it to try to put a picture to it so that I have something that I can look at. Um, maybe it's just in my mind's eye or maybe it's, so that I can describe it, so that I can make it something tangible, something I could put my hands on almost, or at least draw, you know, like I said earlier. Um, I think it's important that the more I have these experiences, what happens is, is I feel it, right? It becomes experiential instead of theoretical. And the experiential side of it doesn't come outside or in my brain, it comes in my, in my chest, in my stomach. Um, where I can step back and look at something and recognize that I have literally no, I did not put my hands on that at all. And as I continue to just take these actions and have these moments and these experiences, this God starts to shift. Now, because I can still be prey to inaction or the word that we used a lot this evening, sloth and procrastination, what can happen is is those old ideas (laughs) can come back to play their part again right because they've been removed they have not been 
exterminated. They've been removed. And I get still and I sit down and I rest on laurels and those pictures come back, right? That idea, the humanized form of God that I've come up with is, um, is what takes place again, right? Now it's at a much lighter level than it used to be. Um, but for today, um, I can look at all these experiences and recognize that whatever it is, it's, I can't put my hands on it, but I can certainly feel it. And I know when it is fully present because it allows me to do things I could never do. Um, the, the, the ideas of what some of those practices that you were describing, some of these meditative practices. And, you know, I mentioned two way prayer and, you know, this is all forms of seeking, right? I mean, I've gone out and done meditation where I'm, I, I do the, the metronome, you know, and I, and I try to, uh, have moments in between the, the tick-tock of the metronome. And I've done the gong, and I've done the, the bells, and I've done quiet, and I've done guided, and I've done all these different little meditations. And, you know, right now I'm, I'm on this nice little one that kind of blends a few of them, right? There's a little gong, there's some quiet time, there's a little talk, there's a few words. Uh, then there's a gong again, and this is over a, a little stretch of time. And, um, and that one right now has me feeling very invigorated. Right. Um, but because I have expectations set on what meditation does and is and looks like, um, that can get dry because all of a sudden it doesn't seem to be doing what I think it's supposed to be doing. Right. Um, but this is how my mind works. I've had some of the best meditation and walked outside and within 500 yards of my house looked like an insane person yelling at the lady who won't cross the street. Right. Um, but yet I still will put an expectation on what meditation is supposed to do for a guy like me. Right? I can't see that the intuitive thought, the quietness, the calmness that has developed over a period of time, the, the ability to be able to be useful to people that I could never have been useful to before. And all of a sudden these things are happening. But I expect to float. I expect to be able to hover above and not have to deal with the little menial shit of called life. Right? Um, but, again, this all wraps back to me of when I sit down and get comfortable instead of uncomfortable. And uncomfortable to me keeps this shit kind of fresh. Um, and that's where I find, that's where I really find the feeling and the God. This is in the uncomfortable. And for me, that first time when y'all told me um, that God wasn't that person on the clouds, that made me uncomfortable. And then you said he was inside of me. And that made me uncomfortable because I know what's inside of me. It's dark. It can't possibly be there. That's scary. I hope he's not there because that's not good for me. Because <laughs> if that's where God be hanging out, we're never getting sober because he's dark and seedy like I am. Right? Um, but this is all uncomfortable shit. And you asked me to try to sit quietly. And that's uncomfortable shit. But I do. Um, but then when I sit outside of action without seeking like you're talking about right this this action word that we've both talked about all of us um just continually trying and that was a word i played with for like a month two months i don't know six months trying just try just try right without result no need for result um and that started to show me some things about what what action really is right that it can just be an attempt uh, 
the stuff that we did today. Um, we had tried again. Um, I had tried before. You know, we had done that, the, the steam, the sauna, the cold plunge, um, whatever else there was there. Um, and the time we had before that was different, right? But it was new. It was new then, and it was new today, right? Uh, new experience, new, new period in life because of the actions that had been taken between the last time and this time, right? Um, but there were still those thoughts there. They were still there. Some of those fears that I had had were still there. But I knew because I had gotten through the last time that I would get through this time. Um, just like with God, can look the same sometimes. But I know that that's not really the case. That that just happens to be, well, the way my mind tries to work and humanize God. Or what it does is it'll paralyze me into not taking any action. But it will convince me that I'm doing something, right? I'm going to need to drink some water now, so y'all go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I breathe in this freely given life force, and I'm given this life. And so what's come to is that anything that's given me life must love me. Must love me in such a deep way that I may not be able to understand the love. But I'm given this life and I'm given this love. So part of me believes that God is this super unbelievable love. Even though that becomes a twister because we have all these sicknesses and wars and ugly stuff that go on in the world. But when it talks about us and our spiritual malady, if we start just giving each other love, doesn't our spiritual malady dissipate? Don't we grow? Don't we change? And we three have had some cool experiences in a short period of time. And isn't it just a little tender loving care for each other? A little truth? A little okay? I don't have to be afraid. I'll give it a try. And then there's a change. And isn't that change nothing but us? Expressing love. Different way of looking at it. But that's how I see God today. Is that it is this this love that has so many adjectives to it. That I couldn't possibly put it into words. The colors of sunsets. I mean, I couldn't define all the colors that I see from time to time. And each one is uniquely different. The same with the sunrise. The same with cloud patterns. And the same with, and the same with, and the same with. And my breathing is different from when I was active to early recovery to middle recovery to where I am today. Like throughout my, my whole life. 
It changes. But one thing is constant that we've talked about is that when we needed love, it was freely given. There was no strings attached. And it's made all the difference for a guy like Darren, <laughs> a guy like Ryan, and a guy like Rogan, and anyone else, if they just sit for a second and look at it, they too will see that they are loved. Just breathe, and you have love. What an amazing gift we are given. And yet we fought so hard to not receive it, even when we were receiving. And isn't it strange that in the giving you receive, and how much I gave to receive this, the ultimate price, my life. I came into this world a spiritual being. And I breathed and became a human being. And I've had to learn how to accept love. And then, with an exhale, give love. And I grow. We've heard such romantic songs poetry, and books, and stories, and movies, all about this word love. But wouldn't the world be sweeter in any program, in any walk of life, if we just acknowledged that all we all need is love? Now we know John Lennon from the Beatles, right? All we need is oh, yeah. No, the song's been playing on the little rotation for the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe, maybe John Lennon was onto something and was able to put it into a little not, not, no, no, no tune yeah. to say, come on. Because when we talk about spirituality, and we talk about the changes that have happened in your life and in my life and all these wonderful listeners' lives, isn't it just that they were able to pause for a minute and receive love, just like a breath? I don't know about you, but that's bigger than anything I could ever imagine. <laughs> And that's how big my God gets. I need to borrow some of that. That's pretty yeah. big. How the fuck am I supposed <laughs> to follow that? That's like, I was like on the verge of tears over here. Fucking. Uh, All we need is love, Ryan. <laughs> I know. That's what I was looking for my whole damn life, man. And like, but that. 
I mean, what 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 a better way to find that than in a fucking bottle, right? It's warm going down. It warms up my chest. It warms up my soul, man. That burn. They talk about false gods, don't they? Yeah. And aren't we producers of calamity in our best efforts mm-hmm. in creating false gods? And aren't we always the producer of chaos in our own world? If the show would just go off right. And we try to be the actor, we try to be the director, we try to be the controller, the CEO. But we're never the G-E-G-O-D. <laughs> I think there's a song about the description of that. It talks about looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. That is a fact, dude. Uh, I had no fact. idea where to find it, and it was yeah. the last place I'd ever look. Yeah. It's hidden in plain sight. It's hidden everywhere, right in front of me. So, all these practices, all this shit I never wanted to do. Meditation. Get the fuck out of here. Prayer. How? How? How do you pray? How do you pray? Hey. (laughs) Are you there? (laughs) Right? I found my, my most honest, like my truest prayers are always the simplest ones. Um, either just a simple help, I'm in trouble, or a simple thank you for all of this. Um, but like as I as I was seeking, like, cause I had no idea how to pray. I I, I got tripped. I I don't like the old, uh, you know, be thy there, then thy them. All that. So I went to the people in front of me, right? Um, reading books. Like, a new pair of glasses was sweet. Like, that really, like, you're in Chuck Chamberlain, just be like, damn, God, that that was stupid. Like, I, I did that on my own. Like, I'll do better with you next time. I was like, that's, that's how I want it. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I want the relationship, man. Um, but like what I was praying for and seeing like that when I was praying for things, it was fruitless. Right. And, and instead of just like asking for simple guidance and the more I did that, the more like more I realized I had no idea what was going on uh, in my day to day life and that I really did need this guidance. So like my prayer life changed my outlook on life. That's how that's powerful. To realize that, like, to go from I got this and fuck prayer and meditation to seeking how to pray and realizing that I have no idea what I'm doing and I really need a lot of help and tangible power to get through the day. By just praying. So how do you pray? I think you did a great job. (laughs) (laughs) This is the challenge that I, I was just coming as I was listening to the word love thrown around a lot, right? And different levels of it too. Um, I think it's a challenge when you get here and you don't know what that means. When you don't know what that word means. Mm. And you want me to... That's an excuse. That's okay. That's yeah. the excuse I have when I get here though, right? I don't know what love is. Right? And we, me and you talked about this, but there's people out there that are listening to this that maybe they don't 
understand that there's more in depth to that. But when I get here, I don't understand what love is because I've never seemed to have been able to express it to someone else at a level that seems like that would be worthy of, say, God. But let's challenge it for a second. Awesome. Do it. When you got here, Mm -hmm. who were you loving right there? Well, I mean, I know what that answer is today, right? But it'd be what is it? me. You, you, you did what? Um. Well, now you got me. I'm confused. Oh yeah. <laughs> you did what? You uh, got here. What did you do? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I marched ashore. Um, I, I'm not sure. You loved yourself enough to come in. No. I thought I already said that. I didn't say that. No, you didn't. Okay. You might now, though. Yeah. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so challenge. We love ourselves after we've literally kicked the piss out of ourselves. Somewhere inside of us, like you're saying. Yeah. We may not understand certain concepts and ideas of love. Yeah. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. I mean, put me in a relationship my first few months of sobriety or a few years of sobriety. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. But the concept of love, yeah. I come in here saying, please help me. Yeah. It's the most loving thing I've done for myself. Oh, yeah. Is to say, I surrender. Help. That's huge. Yeah. And that's, but that's the thing. I don't associate that action of being with love. It's just not. Those well, two why don't. Not? Why not? Because uh, that's not how I would vision Love, right? Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Today? Today I can I can see it um, because of some of the actions that I've taken since that day to this day and being able to look and understand a little bit more about what love might actually be. Um, now, see, here's the cool part, folks. What part of love are we really talking about and how complicated and how complex do we make it? Because we're here coming into a 12-step program after a horrible train wreck of years and years of drinking and drugging and tearing the heck out of ourselves and everybody around us and causing great pain and chaos, right? And suffering and all kinds of devastation, right? To walking into a room and saying, help me. I think we forget how unbelievable loving some of these 12-step rooms really are. Mm. And the fundamentals that they're built upon is the idea of a spiritual program. All of them talk about finding that idea of God, right? And yet when we come into the rooms, we don't think about it. But when we come in here, there's that first pink cloud. You know, you're on the early sobriety pink cloud. What if you're on the early sobriety, spiritual awakening that you just loved yourself enough to say, help, freedom. I breathed in some love. And like you've said, Ryan, like you've said, Darren, like I've said, it just showed up. I didn't do anything except help. Please, show me. Do something. 
I think we forget and I think we don't look at it enough to be able to see that that love is already happening. Deep down inside of us, it's already happening. And then we mud it up with our, our, our magical minds and we twist it because it's scary. Yeah, I think it's vulnerable. Mm. Yeah. You know. Um but yeah, I, I, I appreciate that 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 uh, correlation there because I think it would be a lot easier for people to uh, grab a conception of God if, if that understanding of love was a little more available to them or expressed to them, you know, like, Hey, listen, what you just did by coming here is love. Um, so perhaps that's something that needs to be, you know, talked more about. Maybe there's something that you carry into the room, you know, that idea, that's the type of talk. Um, you know, because I can't picture that. I can't think that way. Um, I'm in such a level, what I would, the way I would see it would be at a level of, uh, self-pity and beat down that um <laughs> my favorite place self-pity <laughs> the warm soup bowl oh yeah uh, um, it's like the banyan <laughs> <laughs> and brogan's the cold plunge the cold plunge wake up idiot um, but yeah so it's uh that's that's an intriguing way to uh perhaps bring in something more for the newcomer rogan if you said that to me when i walked in What? Out. Out. Gone, dude. Yeah, I would have right? just broke down and cried because no one would have ever said that to me and it made me feel good Split that that action open. that I would have heard because I'm like, I washed ashore in a mangled mess and if someone picked me up and said, hey, that is amazing and listen and express what you just expressed. Done. No, I don't know awesome. what how I would have responded to me today based on my, my, my emotional level. I would just cry because that's what I wanted to do now. Yeah. Um, but I got the Chris Brennan approach, which was, you don't deserve to be alive, kid. So you better fucking do something about it. Sure. And I and tell you the truth, that kind of that worked for me too. Sure. Right? There wasn't a, there was some tough love. Like I don't, don't know what that means, but it's a word that gets used. Um, but yeah, you know, he told me he told me truth in that manner. Right. You know, um, mm. so maybe maybe to hear it today is uh, is when the ears would have heard it. Or can hear it. I don't know. I think if you told me that after Philly, I would have fucking died. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Separate, yeah. No, I can see it at different times, right? Yeah. Depends on where. But isn't it interesting how we all have a different perspective of how it would come across? Though? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if they would have told me that right off the rip, I'd have been like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much is this going to cost? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to play with you. Yeah. <laughs> For real. You know? Yeah, well, because the, the John Lennon song would have been playing in my head the whole time while that was probably being said. But I do think what a beautiful expression to perhaps, maybe that's a type of seed that blossoms a little sooner than... Yeah, but you're onto something there, Darren. Yeah. So when we come in here and we see the other guy's eyes lit up, yeah. and we see smiles on their faces, we see them laughing, we hear them laughing, we smell warmth. We smell a fellowship. We feel a comfortability. 
even though it's uncomfortable. So is it not happening? Mm. Are we not drawn back? If you think I'm drawn back because you guys are all so pretty and shit, like you're out of your minds. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Are we not drawn back? But for what somebody's look was, they may have challenged us and said, no. hope to see you again. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, I didn't know why it kept coming back. Right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do I keep going here? Because it's the music that rocks our soul. Okay. Where all of a sudden, we are given love. And yet we don't know it. And then what happens to us is our spirit wakes up quicker than our brain does. We're so beat up on our feelings and emotions. I mean, heck, some of us walk in and we're a bloody puddle. Others walk in and we're like hard as a rock. And then there's somewhere in between everything and anything that I'm talking about, right? And there's room for us in whatever color, shape, and size, and belief, and non-belief, and all those wonderful judgments and things of that nature, and mental defects as we are, right? But the simple part is that we come in and we have some sort of an experience that brings us back. Now, I'm not saying those folks that end up relapsing over and over and over again don't feel it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that those folks that come in and they hang out with us for a while, maybe it's a year or two or three or five or 10 or 12 or 20 or 30, and then they disappear. But I am saying that if they continue to work on that spirituality part and they start accepting love, I think they'll be here for a real long time. Because we all got a feeling when we came in. And I hope that they got that feeling of love. And that's what I think AA is done for me. When I couldn't love, I was loving myself the most. And then I let people, like you said, I got vulnerable. And I let others give me some TLC and love me back. Until now I can start to say, I love it. I I got like an I got like an hour with him before my brain just melts. <laughs> just fucking stare at him. Uh, nah, it's it's under it's under so much shit. It's buried all of the love and all of the. It's buried under so much shit. And when you and it, instantly, I can get switched off it by fear by fear right but let's talk about that let's talk about fear yeah because really quickly i don't think fear and love exist together can't coexist right kind of a weird one right because think about it when we're laughing we can't think humanly impossible scientifically proven you're laughing you're not thinking. For real laughing. I'm not talking that ha ha, that was a funny one. Let me think of the next joke. 
I'm talking real deal laughing. You can't think. And laughter is that emotion and expression of a feeling that is of pure joy. I mean, we don't even think about laughter. We think about, I haven't cried in a really long time. Have you laughed in a really long time? And I think again, like you were saying about a new pair of glasses, right? Perception. When our perception is changed, when we've changed, when we've taken action and realized something more and accept the love and give the love, just like breath, things change. In fact, here's a challenge. Take the next five days, people, and go out and be as loving as you can be to others and yourself. That doesn't mean go on a shopping spree and buy all the things you want to buy yourself. I'm talking about just being loving and kind and gentle to yourself and to others. Wonder what happens five days later. What kind of perception you have towards all that ugliness that was bugging you so badly before you tried the exercise. Because I know you two have done it. And there's been a huge parallel shift. I've watched you become more loving. I've watched fear melt away. I've witnessed love. Which in my world is God's grace. When they talk about amazing grace, they talk about saving a wretch like me. When we feel God's grace, fear melts away. How can that not be love? And yet when we see guys come in and we put our hand out and we give a little TLC, we watch them change. We become witnesses to grace, to love. What a gift. A free gift with no strings attached. I just had to be there. Open, vulnerable, loving. <laughs> I can't think of anything better. Right. <laughs> On a quick lighter note, um, I thought that song was about a woman named Grace, by the way. Nice. Yeah. I did. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I had so clueless about what was going on around me. And that's, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I literally could have sworn there was, I thought they were talking about her. She was a wretch. You know, I was. <laughs> of course she was. You know, oh, God. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, hey. Hey, I'm just putting it out there for y'all in case anybody else out there didn't realize they were talking about some sort of God's grace. I <laughs> thought they were talking about amazing grace from West Virginia. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> this, uh, this conversation is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to, to listen to, um, 
an idea that sounds really deep when you try to you know dissect it but the truth is is the simplicity of it of of love um because it kept coming back to it darren <laughs> would you mind sharing with us <laughs> <laughs> yes what is the meaning of amazing grace yes darren <laughs> Forgiveness. Her name? <laughs> her name is Grace, dude. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Uh, forgiveness and redemption. With the message that forgiveness and redemption are possible regardless of sins committed and that the soul can be delivered from despair through the mercy of God. Claims to be one of the more recogni- one of the most recognizable songs in the English speaking world. She was popular. She was awesome. <laughs> she was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> see this is this is why guys like me are afraid to get vulnerable i share a little <laughs> moment of vulnerability here about the stupidity of my thoughts on a song <laughs> i think one of my favorite things is watching like low-key watching my sponsor get sponsored is just simply amazing <laughs> so the simplicity of it what you were saying um. Yeah, I was giving that back to you. I wasn't gonna keep going. Oh, you were? No, I was giving <laughs> that back to you. I was like, I was, I was starting to fold. I was like, what? Oh <laughs> yeah. man, this is getting good. Um, I kept wanting to come back to the patience part, man, because to me, I think that for people like us who are constantly striving for something at this moment. Um, for me, I think some of the biggest patience that I've developed in this is this idea of love and God, right? This has been a long, arduous road to that. Um, but I've, I've found, man, I'm gonna let you know some of the prettiest things that I've found in this journey has been being able to look at something and recognizing it as a lesson of patience, right? Being able to look backwards, right? Live forwards, learn backwards. But to be able to look backwards and see that at this moment, right here in time, there was something that I was hoping was going to happen. And then to look at, I don't know, let's say a year later, it unfolds and it continues to unfold, but the, but a very tangible part of it is unfolded and I can look back and it starts to peel away that idea of me and God having the same watch as you had mentioned before Rogan right Um, and I think for me that the patience and connection to love um, is man it's it's almost in it's I can I struggle to put a word to that because of how powerful it has been for me over the last year to really see that just because God didn't do for me at that moment what I wanted, that that doesn't mean he didn't love me or that he was doing something to me or against me, right? Um, and to, to, to see that in patience, that is a, that form of love that I'm learning, this patience and with love, right? Um, what a beautiful thing that is. See, because 
I have preconceived notions about what love is supposed to look like and what and, and how it's supposed to show up and it should be immediately uh, and right now. Um, and that's part of the, 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 what do you call it? Well, the relief seeking that I've done my whole life, right? Um, and love, it, it, I come in here with some ideas that love is like a relief. It makes me feel better when I can feel it from somebody or what I think is love. Um, but then to learn that because perhaps that's a more powerful love is one that is developed over that stretch, over that year where I can start to see that each little thing is teaching me something. And what is more, what is more loving than something that is willing to take time with you and teach you? and give you time, like their time, it's time, God's time, whatever, like that it's willing to just continue along this year long, let's say, we'll just use that as the timeline, and continuously let growth happen, right, the growth happens, and growth happens, and growth happens, and growth happens, and isn't that, isn't that the, the, the biggest form, almost, of love, is this time, for someone to offer me their time, um, but with God, that's been a development of patience because I can see that this thing that he's giving me uh, so much greater than I could ever picture. Yeah, and when you start, like, I start seeing these um, pieces moving in my life, mm. like whether it's a person coming in or a situation I'm in or whatever, and I don't understand it, and initially I fight it. Like I always do. Um, but that, man, that, you know, what you said with patience, it, for a guy like me who's lived his life, you got something or no? You good? Um, impulsive and psychotic and chaotic, right? That lesson in patience disciplines me. And like, this is what I'm thinking about, right? When I came home, that was a tough one to swallow, moving back here. Um, And like, it became pretty clear why I was here, right? Lily got sick. It was it. Um, Um, I got to spend the last six months with her and... Got to be there for her, walk her to the end, boom, right? And then I still didn't know why I was here. (laughs) No good. (laughs) Oh, man. And I wanted... (laughs) I didn't know why I was here, right? And, And I think, like... I think I know what I need, where I need to be, when I need to be there, what my timeline is again, but it's like patience, 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 patience and love, right? And then I get another reason why I'm here just recently. And it's like, it's a powerful one. And again, not what I want, not what I think I would ever be okay with, but I, behind it all is this love. And this trust that I've never had before. 
Like I've never trusted. I never trusted myself to be okay at all. And like now I don't, now that I don't have to, this love started with like for me this like that i had for myself was starting to like peek through because when i was reliant on myself to carry me through and i kept failing i hated myself i hated myself for never living up right so i had to accept now i was gifted god's love in a massive moment and then every day since and only then could i start to feel love for myself i don't know where we're going i don't know where we're going either i started on patience there yeah you did great and then your butt fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Darren got to that point. Too. You want me to read this? Yeah, I thought I thought it would be. Okay. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not feel emulate. it. Feel it. Slow that shit down. Well, I'm sweating now. Yeah, bring it in nice and clean. I was like talking about love and patience, and you're yeah. rubbing your butt in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> love is what? All right. Ready? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, Always perseveres. Love never fails. Ever. There you go. Yeah, that's what I meant. (laughs) I thought so. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I meant. Oh, yeah. So there's God, there's spirituality, there's growth. How much more do you need to talk about it when we can put it into action? Follow it with our words and give it out freely to all that we come encounter with. And then slowly but surely, this world changes. And the more there are of us, the better this world becomes. All right. Well, I don't think, well, as you just said, I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. (laughs) We can end on that. Thank you for coming down. Love you guys. Love you, brother. Love you, guys. Um, we have uh, we have another guest coming in next week. A good friend of ours, uh, Devin, coming down from Brooklyn to join us, um, and we'll uh, we'll pick his brain a little bit. 
and uh, you know we can't uh, thank you enough for giving us two uh, two nights for this and countless hours on the other. Appreciate you. Love you guys.